You are now listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love. Warning, miracles may occur. Let's join today's episode. Hi there, this is Leah Lund, and I want to welcome you to the I Am Vibrant podcast, the podcast that helps you be your most vibrant self mentally, physically, and even spiritually. Today, I'd like to talk with you about digital dementia, how to prevent digital dementia, and what you need to know about this. You may or may not even be familiar with the term, although it was coined back in 2012. And the definition of digital dementia is that it's a condition that has the same properties and shows the same lack of activity or interruption of the brain's activity as regular dementia, except that it's actually being caused indirectly by our technology. And I'll say more about that in just a minute. And so this conversation today is to help you understand how digital dementia is, is in, how people are incurring digital dementia, and then to put some habits in place that allow you to prevent this and avoid this as much as possible. This is a very real condition that behaves very similarly to traditional dementia, with the one exception, we're seeing this in people as young as in their 20s. So the tips that I'm going to share here today are important not only for you, but they're something that you'll want to share and teach to your children as well. As always, I'm going to give really practical tips, and I don't want to elicit any fear here. I simply want you to be aware that this is occurring and that there is a lot that you can do to prevent digital dementia. So. Digital dementia really happens because, first of all, we are outsourcing our brains right now all the time. We're outsourcing our brains to our technology. We're letting our technology think for us. And the thing is, our brain grows when you work it, when you use it to solve a problem or you use it to create priorities and processes or you use it to figure out solutions and memorize details. The brain grows when we do these things. More and more, people are turning to their technology to think for them. They're Googling everything in a second. They're using the calculator function instead of actually doing math. Um, the list goes on and on of the ways that we're outsourcing our cognitive function actually to our technology. And you can reclaim cognitive function and healthy brain growth by doing more things old school, manually trying to uh, remember somebody's phone number instead of put it right into your phone, doing uh, addition yourself versus going to the phone's calculator, um, making actual uh, conversation can help with your cognitive function. What I mean by that is you wanna know an answer instead of Googling it, ask an expert or find a book or see if there is somebody around you that knows something about this and can, can give you some ideas and some thoughts. The stimulation of a real live conversation is so healthy for our brain. So when possible, make a point to do some things old school and to do them manually rather than always rely on technology to do your thinking and your memorizing for you. Now, where digital dementia comes in, that's really about 
brain function period and one of the negative side effects of having so much technology now but where digital dementia comes in is it really has to do with the posture that you have as you're using all of your devices so when you're hunched over a computer at a desk or when you're hunched over your phone and you know you see the zombies right walking around all the time now hunched over the phone they will bump into you at times because they're so focused on the phone instead of where they're walking and i've been guilty of it too and i'm sure you have and again this is not about guilt or blame but that actual posture when you're humped hunched over your technology that posture causes the brain stem to change how it communicates with the rest of the brain and it's a similar effect to what happens with parkinson's and you might have heard of a parkinson's gait uh, people with parkinson's disease tend to develop a certain gait that's a real hunched over walk and it's because of the change and the shift the negative shift of how the brain stem is communicating with the rest of the brain so neurological messaging within your brain is negatively influenced by the posture that you have oftentimes when you're using your devices. And this is creating this new term of digital dementia that again, behaves and performs very, very similarly to traditional dementia. So what do we do about this? First of all, knowledge is power. So now you know about it, so you can do some really specific preventative things that are not hard to do, they just take a conscious awareness. So as I mentioned earlier, stop outsourcing your brain, think more, do things manually. That's important to keep your brain fresh and challenged and stimulated and lighting up different neurons all over your brain. Second thing is set boundaries to your technology. We tend to be so reliant on technology and get into a real like skimming all the time versus using our prefrontal cortex to concentrate on one thing at a time. There's so many beeps and bells and whistles on a screen these days. You can be looking at one thing and then here's a pop-up and here's something uh, uh, even on our televisions, there's the crawl across the bottom and pop-ups. And, and this kind of interaction with technology puts your brain in a skimming and scanning mode which is very different than a deep prefrontal cortex cognitive processing. This is getting so prevalent in our society that we're seeing now, um, it used to be that the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the executive thinker, the decision maker, the reason, the part of your brain that can reason and um, compare and contrast and make choices and make decisions, that prefrontal cortex, used to develop in a human being by age 26. That's when prefrontal cortexes were fully developed and we as humans were thought to have good reasoning skills, uh, good rationale, make good decisions at age 26 and above. Well, we're seeing now that the brain's prefrontal cortex is not even developing by 26 anymore. It's delayed, it's taking longer. And in some cases it may not be fully developing at all. And this comes from the skimming and scanning focus that we are using in our brains way too often now. So there is a way to get the best part of your technology, but without having this neurological negative outcome. And that is by intentional setting digital boundaries and doing one thing at a time. 
So set time boundaries for when you're going to be on your technology. Instead of reacting and responding to every single ding and bell and whistle that's going off all day long, set times in advance. For example, I do 8.30, 1.30, Those are the times that I check my emails. Those are the times that I check my social media. I focus on it and don't think about anything else. You know, if I'm checking my email and a ding goes off, I actually silence all the notifications um, on social media and things like that. And likewise, I have it silenced on my phone so that I look at the information when I'm focused and concentrating on that information. And then when I'm done, I'm done and I move on to the next thing. So I focus on email when I'm in email. I focus on social media when I'm in social media. And when I'm done and the time is up, then I'm not looking at my notifications again until the next time frame that I've set for my digital boundaries. This is a way that you can get the best out of tech without tech starting to have neurological impact on how your brain functions. The I Am Vibrant podcast is brought to you by the Vibrant Woman program. Hi there, I'm Leah Lund, and in our program, I help you reclaim your health, your happiness, your joy, your peace, even your fun and your adventure and your most vibrant self. You'll be guided step-by-step to take action, to break through mental, physical, and emotional blocks and subconscious patterns and programming so that you can be your best brain, your best body, your best you, and have your best life. For full details, go to onewholehealth.com or reach out through the podcast. So now let's get back to posture because that is the root cause of the digital dementia that we're seeing. So when you're using your technology, make it a practice to have extremely good posture. So for example, you could put your phone up on a stand on a desk and look at it that way, like a screen in front of you, instead of holding it in your hand and hunching over it and looking down. You could also make make a practice of sitting down when you're gonna be on your technology, including your phone, versus doing it as you're walking around. Because if you're walking around, you are going to be holding that phone in a lower position and hunching over your back and looking downward. You can also invest in, a, in simple back supports. Um, I have one from a company called Camp Bend. I found it on Amazon. And it's just a back support that I slip over my shoulders like I'm putting on a sweater. And it pulls my shoulders automatically back. So whenever I'm writing for a long period of time or I'm doing group coaching calls or I'm uh, on my tech for extended periods of time, I make a practice of putting that back brace on. I I have the hereditary hump in our family and so I'm very conscious of it and aware of it. And this back brace helps me be intentional about my posture when I'm using my technology. The next tip I have is if you work in an office type setting, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you work in a company office, move around while you work. Rather than sitting still at a desk all day long, hunched over the computer, have options. One really great option is a standing desk. Um, When you have a standing desk, the computer is elevated. So it's more at level with your eye and your hands and less hunching needs to happen. So standing desks are great. There are times I'm at my sitting desk and there's a lot of times, as often as I can actually, that I'm at my uh, standing desk. And then sometimes I even go outside 
And um, if you have the ability to do that, where you can move yourself around and sometimes be outside, if I'm talking on a phone and I don't need to be on a computer, then if at all possible, if the weather's cooperating, I'm going to be outside so that I can actually be walking as I talk. And I, I have a headset on, hollow air headset, and I'm, I'm talking through that and able to keep my posture erect, plus get some vitamin D, some sunshine, all really, really good for you. And the next thing that I want to talk about with um, digital, digital dementia is that you can lower your risk if you're in a healthy relationship with your technology, except that we see so many people now that are starting to be really quite addicted to their technology. If you feel like you're compulsive or addictive, if you want to know if you are, go home from work tonight and turn off your phone and don't turn it on again until morning and see what happens. If it drives you crazy, if you are actually unable to keep the phone turned off that long, then you could be a little compulsive or addictive about your technology. Now, this does not mean you have an addictive personality. This is not a life sentence, just how it is, how you're going to be forever. It means your behavior with your technology has become compulsive or addictive. And likely the root cause of that is that you're using technology for some type of emotional benefit. And what I mean by that is either you're using it to feel an emotion that you're not naturally feeling, or you're using it to stop feel feeling an emotion that you are feeling that's unpleasant. And if there's, if there's any of that emotional use of technology going on, it's just like emotional eating. First of all, the root cause is most likely neurotransmitter depletion. So for example, if you compulsively use your technology to feel more enthusiastic about life, so you're feeling flat and bored and blah. So you go on your social media to get a kick, right? Get a lift, get a hit, uh, a fix of some kind. If it's used to stimulate your motivation compulsively, then you might be low in your dopamine. And you're, you're artificially feeling a little adrenaline rush from checking social media. But the true root cause is the depletion of that dopamine. And the way to repair that is through the use of neuronutrition targeted amino acid supplements. Um, and it is a, it's a biochemical deficiency that has you more apt to reach for your technology. Let's say you're feeling stressed about work. Maybe you feel like you have too much to do. So instead of actually doing the work, you compulsively flip over to your technology and, um, and just surf, internet surf, Facebook surf, Instagram surf, whatever it is. That might be an avoidance. So you might actually be using your device and the, and the social media and things that, that are on your device as a way to numb out and not feel the stress that you feel about work. If that's the case, you're, you're probably deficient in a chemical called GABA. GABA is a neurotransmitter that's designed to neutralize our adrenaline. So if you're getting too full of adrenaline and worry and stress, and you can't get yourself back down to neutral in some kind of relaxed state, and so you're reaching to, to your technology to distract you, it could be a sign of low GABA. We at One Whole Health specialize in restoring your neurotransmitter levels, so if you feel like this is a problem for you, uh, 
by all means, reach out because we have a self-scoring brain chemistry assessment that you can take and you'll know for sure. And again, it's not that a neurotransmitter depletion causes digital dementia, but a neurotransmitter depletion could cause an, a compulsion or an addiction for being on your technology. And then if your posture is not proper while you're doing it and you're doing it all the time, that could eventually lead to the digital dementia. And so using your tech for same reason you would use a sweets, uh, sugars, starches, marijuana, alcohol, wine, whatever it is, it's just another form of compulsion. But it's not who you are. It's just biochemically what's going on in your brain. The last thing I want to touch on is that low self-confidence, this is neurotransmitter related also, low self-confidence can often mean poor posture. And so especially with children, notice if your children are, are slouching and hunching over and trying in any way to make themselves physically a little smaller and unseen and really start a dialogue and a conversation about that. The root biochemical cause of low self-confidence is low serotonin. So just like the other neurotransmitters I've mentioned, this is a matter of having the right amino acids so that you can build more serotonin and feel more confident. And you wanna catch this as early as you possibly can because our posture becomes very habitual and it gets programmed in as a subconscious thing that we don't even think about. And, and you wanna catch that as young as you can. At the same time, if it's you that struggled with self-confidence and so you tend to, to sub, subconsciously, unconsciously make yourself kind of small and slouch a little bit, you can turn that around too. It's never too late to turn that around. And you can do that with neuronutrition. You can do that with something like the back brace I referred to. You can do that with conscious reminders and check-ins about the posture and how you're walking into a room and how you're presenting yourself. And there's a lot that you can do to build courage as well as build confidence. And know that the added benefit, in addition to feeling really much better, because we feel better when we feel confident, in addition to that, you could be preventing yourself from digital dementia down the road. So it's a very worthwhile endeavor to boost your own confidence. And if there's anything I can do, I'd love to support you on that because um, it's an important one. It's an important one and it's biochemical and it's mental and it goes back to our belief systems and it goes back to our subconscious thinking. But subconscious patterns can be rewritten. They're rewritten through hypnotherapy, which is why I love the rapid transformational therapy that I do. And they're also rewritten through habituation. So having a habit of checking your posture once an hour having a habit of paying attention to how you present yourself and walk into a room can, can help with your self-confidence. And here's the beautiful thing, our body teaches our brain. So simply by holding your shoulders a little higher, by turning the corners up on the outside of your mouth, you might even put a pen in your mouth so that the corners of your mouth turn up. That tells your body you're confident and happy. Uh, it tells your brain. It's your body physically sending messaging to the brain that you're happy and confident. Your brain will then turn around and send the serotonin out and the endorphin and all the other feel good chemicals like oxytocin and you will feel better. So choose a habit, start practicing it today, begin actively preventing digital dementia and please do share this with your children. Get them practicing these habits right away too so that it doesn't become uh, something that's so well ingrained for them that it's harder to turn around. But keep in mind, it's never too late. Congratulations.
congratulate yourself for listening to this today. And I look forward to your comments. You've been listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love.